and welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavota of the 11th Senatorial District, and you are listening to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavota, where we talk about Missouri government, Missouri uh, politics, also some local stuff. And uh, thank you for joining another program. Um, we have a lot of fun doing the Dialogue program, and this week we're going to talk about what's going on in Missouri and uh, go from there. Typically, the Independence Mayor Pro Temp Chris Whiting is with us. Uh, he's done the, the program with me for a long time, been a very, actually a long time friend. He's been a very friend for a long time. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know that. You did know that. I didn't. But, but he is unable to be here. He also serves as uh, on the board of the Metropolitan Community College, and I think he has a meeting for that tonight. But joined with us always is uh, our uh, our friend, uh, Courtney Cole, who who I figured out, I've known you for four years. Mm-hmm. When you first uh, started getting involved with politics, That's Courtney right. Cole is the executive director of the uh, Missouri Democratic Senate Project and uh, an advocate and uh, glad to be here. Thank Gla- you. Glad yes. that you're here. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for always having me on. What's new with you? Uh, lots of good stuff going on. Uh, we've got uh, elections coming up, as you know, and so it's exciting getting to see all the different things that our Senate candidates are currently doing. Um, I've been really impressed with with all of them, actually. They've all given a lot of effort, and it's strange because there's not a lot of, um, you know, like commercials. And, I mean, we've really, because there's no statewide race, really, um, or or a federal race on the on the ballot, then there's just not much activity yeah. going on, you know. And so that's been kind of strange, not knowing how to kind of feel it out. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a quiet election cycle it's in a nice. way. In it's a way. nice. Well, as always, we like to start off our program with the news. Now the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Substituting for Chris Whiting is Courtney Cole. Courtney? Nixon cleans house at State Lottery Commission. Amid concerns about declining profits from the state lottery despite record ticket sales, Governor Jay Nixon has replaced all five members of the Missouri Lottery Commission. During the 2014 fiscal year, which ended June 30th, lottery proceeds fell $49 million short of expectations. Because the Missouri Constitution earmarks all lottery profits for education, Nixon was forced to make mid-year cuts in education spending to account for the revenue shortfall. To emphasize the lottery's purpose of providing funding for education, all of the new commissioners have ed- have education backgrounds. The new commissioners can begin serving immediately, but will face Senate con- confirmation when the legislature convenes in January. The new commissioners are Dr. Terry Adams of Lake St. Louis, a retired school superintendent, Dr. Phyllis Chase of Kansas City, director of the Charter School Center at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and a former school superintendent, Paul Kincaid of Springfield, a soon-to-retire administrative staffer at Missouri State University, John Twitty of Springfield, a former municipal utilities manager and member of the Drury University Board of Trustees, and Dr. Judine Blackburn of Waynesville, a retired school superintendent. So um, the lottery wasn't going in the right way. It's supposed to be there for education funding. It's not pulling in the right uh, amount of money as it was. We need some new direction. I applaud the governor for taking this bold action, Um, and hopefully with new commissioners we get the lottery back on track to really serve its purpose of uh, funding things for education. All they do is advertise, go buy a lottery ticket because of the A-plus program. You see it all the time. And as 
as the proceeds fell, $49 million of expectation. That's, that is a problem. And I, right. I, um, I, I'm glad that this, this change is happening. This is the type of uh, change we need, we need in state government to, to make sure we're on track. Well, wouldn't you say, Senator, too, that it's kind of gambling with our education? Right. I mean, right. in the first place, everyone, even if you get them on track, it's you've still left it up to gamble, absolutely. literally. And there, and there was an expectation that this would be some type of windfall for our schools. Mm-hmm. What happened is this, and the, the riverboat casinos came in, and as opposed to adding it extra for education, they cut education funding on the other side of it. And so um, we need this money at this point. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to continue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lottery sold nearly $1.16 billion in tickets during fiscal year 2014 to set a sales record for the fourth consecutive year. However, profits from the lottery declined from $289 million in fiscal year 2013 to $267 million in fiscal year 2014. Lawmakers had budgeted about $316 million in lottery funds for education for fiscal year 2014. Most of the money from lottery sales goes back to lottery for prizes and administrative costs. For most of the past decade, more than 25% of lottery revenue each year has been transferred to education, with the percentage profit topping out at 28.5% in fiscal year 2006. During fiscal year 2014, however, only 23% of lottery revenues went to education. I mean, that's a problem, and I'm glad that this action taken now. Yeah, but now The other side of the coin is this. I serve on the gubernatorial appointments committee. Yes. We have now seen that the governor can quickly find people and appoint people. Right. Very quickly. And I would contend that there are things in state government like the Lottery Commission. Mm-hmm. I would say that about the appraisal board. I got a call today about the folks that um, oversee elevators in the state. Mm-hmm. That there aren't appointees to this board because the governor hasn't appointed them quickly. But it's not about time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that... Um, some of the some of the issues of well it takes time to find these people. This shows right here that when there's a will, there's a way. That's right. And I would contend that these professional development boards, all these things, um, and, and I know I've said this on this program before, but I feel strongly about this, and I say this in the Senate a lot. We look at tax credits and we look at economic development. Um, plans and everything else we try to get boeing in all this other stuff but meanwhile someone who is just trying to uh, get their license to be uh, a um, hairdresser Mm -hmm. doesn't get it because we don't have a board appointed and we don't have the administration do it that's a small business yeah and if we really cared about business we run state government correctly with the right board in the right direction this is an example which i will do a pretty good job of saying, well, you did it here. This is an example where things were going the wrong way. We got new people in there. Mm -hmm. Um, They sound like very, um, well, I don't know them, but they, I mean, they have doctors in their names and they sound, they sound (laughs) impressive. I'm sure they're going to do their best to try to move it on track. Yeah, which is good. And that's what we need on all kinds of different boards. In fact, if you're listening and you think I would like to serve on a board, let me know about that because there's all kinds of different ways to serve the state. Um, there is a, a, a neighbor of mine named John who contacted me. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be on the genealogical board. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Great. okay. Yeah. Well, that's his expertise. That's, yeah, you know, that's right. what he's been that's doing he's for 30 years in. of his life. 
and be um, great to have his knowledge. And his knowledge is 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 going to help that board. Sure. Those are the folks that make sure that we're, you know, mining correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I shouldn't even act like I know what they do, right? But the, <laughs> but the point is, those are the type of experts we need in these boards and commissions. And I would well, urge everyone the, to try to see if you can serve. Yes, yeah. I mean, I grew up with parents who served on state boards, mm-hmm. you know, and gave time and worked with them on, on multiple different projects. And I know, too, that there are multiple different vacancies on various different boards and commissions that, you know, depend on the, it's the state to either appoint someone or, right. you know, put them in. And so um, I would encourage the governor also to be sure to look at uh, those in the minority and making sure that their voices are represented as well when he goes to make those appointments because it's pretty dismal for women when it comes to those boards well yeah and part of it is um part of it is that we don't have enough people volunteering to do boards well i know of some women who have never even got a response back after they have applied that's the other part of it that yeah there's a communication we can move quickly on some of these things yeah which would be great yeah the governor creates Office of Community Engagement. Uh, another example where quickly can happen. Yes, good. Governor Jay Nixon on September 18th signed an executive order creating a new state Office of Community Engagement that will be tasked with developing policies to address the particular challenges faced by low-income and minority communities. Nixon picked former state Senator Maida Coleman, Democrat in St. Louis, as Ma- the officer's... Maida. Maida, Maida thank yep. you for... Mm-hmm correcting me, as the officer's director with Marvin Teer, a senior counsel in the governor's office and former St. Louis municipal judge to serve as deputy director and general counsel. The creation of the community engagement office was prompted by the recent civil and racial unrest in Ferguson following the fatal shooting on August 9th of an unarmed black teen by a white police officer. Under Nixon's order, the officer the office will be responsible for engaging communities, public and private sector leaders, clergy and residents throughout Missouri regarding issues relating to race, poverty and educational and economic opportunity. So now we have a office like of community of engagement. I think that's good. I think that's yes. something that um, people should continue to try to engage with the public, whether they're doing town hall meetings, doing podcasts, whatever <laughs> you know, whatever they need to do right. to engage the public. Um, I, it's a good thing. It is a good There's thing. There's a I really admire and got to work along with uh, um, Senator Maida Coleman. She was the minority leader. In, in the Senate when I was minority leader in the, in the oh, House. Oh, great. So um, I think she'll do a great job. I, um, I've not worked the, with her on anything. The other side of the coin, great. as as the other one, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that state government should be doing from a legislative point of view, funding education, funding our, our, our uh, infrastructure that would help with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hope this doesn't become... Oh, we'll have that. We'll just have that office deal with these issues. Yeah, I mean the the um, income disparity disparity mm-hmm. disparity. Thank you. You're welcome. It's it's terrible in the state of Missouri. I yes. saw something in the news just last week that we have more hungry people per capita than any other other. Um, we are tied with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. So again, so my point is. Let's just not. I hope this isn't just. Well, that's the office of community engagement. Therefore, minorities and the poor folk, and we'll worry about the other stuff. When it really should be the job of all state government 
to focus on that and bring everybody up. We all do better when we all do better. Mm -hmm. And we just can't seem to get everyone's mind around that concept. Yeah. We have to um, wait till tragedy happens and um, terrible dysfunction before we even put together together an office. Right, before we organize something. Right. Yeah, good points. The opponents of gun rights, you're welcome. The opponents of gun rights amendment file new lawsuit. Opponents of of a constitutional amendment Missouri voters ratified last month to modify and expand gun rights in the state filed a lawsuit on September 24th challenging the amendment's validity, the Associated Press reported. The measure, Amendment 5, passed on August 5th with nearly 61% of voters in support. The plaintiffs in the case, St. Louis Police Chief Samuel Dotson and anti-gun violence activist Rebecca Morgan, who is my friend, originally filed... Is she related to you? She is not related to me. I think I've seen her on Those Morgans are good, though. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. She does great work. Um, She originally filed suit in June challenging the fairness and accuracy of the ballot language the Republican-controlled General Assembly had prepared for Amendment 5. The Missouri Supreme Court dismissed the lawsuit on July 18th, ruling that it was too late for courts to make changes to the August 5th ballot. However, the court left open the possibility for the plaintiffs to pursue their claims later in the event of Amendment 5 was ratified. The lawsuit contends the ballot language written by the legislature was unfair and misleading because it omitted mention of important substantive changes while improperly implying the amendment established a right to bear arms when in fact that right already existed in the Missouri Constitution, which is what we said. And the United States Constitution, by the way. That's right. So the Supreme Court didn't rule on the merits of the plaintiff's claim in its earlier decision. You know, when we talked about this before the August election, my point was that the right to bear arms is already um, protected, and a, and a right in the Missouri Constitution and the U.S. Constitution doesn't make a difference if we try to make a law that says that's not true. It's a right in our country. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And the other thing I said was that the language is so vague, we're going to see a lot of litigation. Mm-hmm. So this is the beginning of that. Um, we'll see where this goes, but um, from the very beginning, this was a political um, amendment to reinforce something that we already have the right to do. Yeah. And, um, well, I think it's interesting, too, that the St. Louis police chief, you know, is involved in mm-hmm. in this case and making sure that this gets taken care of. So I think that speaks volumes, mm-hmm. myself. Um, Representative Randy Pike dies, wife to replace him on the ballot. Freshman state represented Republican Randy Pike. Hold on. I'm going to get this right. Okay. Freshman state. You're no whiting. I'm not. No, we need him back. Randy Pike, Republican of Butler, died suddenly on September 20th. According to the Associated Press, Pike died after swallowing a drink into his lungs. Pike, 60, had suffered health problems stemming from a recent bout of pneumonia and injuries sustained in a vehicle accident earlier this year. Three days after Pike's death, the local Republican committee selected his widow, Patricia Pike, to replace her husband on the November 4th ballot as the GOP candidate for the 126th district, which includes Vernon County and most of Bates County in western Missouri. Patricia Pike will face Democrat Sam Forshaw and William Gilmore of the Constitution Party. Randy Pike, a taxidermist, served 12 years on Bates County Commission before winning election to the House of Representatives in 2012. Pike is the second House member to die in office this year. The first was State Representative Roy Ellinger, Democrat of University City, who died from liver cancer on April 9th. Yeah, that, that's that's a shame about Representative Pike. I actually, I, I didn't know Representative Pike. Um, different party, different chamber. He was new. I've 
you know, yeah, been to just that. I, I just him. I never met him, but that's just yeah. that's a sad story. It is, um, and it's too bad. And um, thoughts to his family, and um, it is interesting how the tradition of ha- ha- asking the wife to take over when the husband died political is still goes on. It's yeah. really interesting if you remember when Mel Carnahan died in a plane wreck before the mm-hmm. election, it was closer to the election than this. They they had no time to change the ballot. Yeah, yeah. And so Mel won that election. Right, yeah. And then um, Governor Wilson at the time appointed Gene Carnahan to take over um, just you know a little over two months after um, he died. Yeah, I'm impressed with her ability to do that after, yeah. you know, and having so, gone through something like that. And so I want, you know... In that district, we know it's a it's a heavily Republican district. Patricia yes. Pike will probably win. Um, hopefully, she'll enjoy her service. I'm sure. Um, Maybe Sam Forche. He's a pretty good candidate. Is he? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been working it. I've seen him in parades down there. Really? I've seen okay. Him, yeah, he's going door to door. I mean, he's taking it seriously. So it's great that we have a good candidate too to to face her. But you know, I also feel for her, yeah. of course, too. And yeah. yes, it is a predominantly Republican well, and she, area. And she lost her husband then has to deal with a campaign, too. That would yeah, be... Yeah, yeah. That would be tough, but she See, may have... Is, it's a little different than Gene because, you know, he he had already won office. That's true. And then, which he is the sitting, mm-hmm. you know, rep as well. Um, but, you know, and that's her choice. Yeah. What she does. I mean, it, it would it'd be tremendous. I can tell you, that would not be happening in the Lavota household. My <laughs> wife would not be Nancy doing that. Nancy wouldn't do it? No, she would not. <laughs> she cares about public service. That's why she allows her husband to do it. And it's not her cup of tea. And um, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, the, of, of you, know, you know, wives of politicians. I've been watching the, the Roosevelt um, documentary. And, mm-hmm. um, have you seen it on PBS? No. P- <laughs> you should go back and watch it on PBS. Yeah, uh, seven nights, two hours, fourteen hours mm-hmm. a piece. So it, it's it's amazing what Eleanor Roosevelt did mm-hmm. as first lady. Um, daily column on the in the uh, newspaper, weekly radio show. Worked for another division of government. Mm-hmm. Um, had her own press secretary. Did all this stuff, and really was a really strong advocate for um, people who really needed it at that time in our country. It's amazing what she did. And then um, Harry Truman comes in office. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the story where the press meet. The, the, it was like a almost like a female press corps for the first lady. Uh-huh. They meet with um, Bess Truman, uh-huh. and they say, "When are you going to have your when's your when is, are you going to have your regular press conferences?" And she says, "This is the last one I'm going to have because <laughs> Bess is <laughs> Bess is more like." Yes, Nancy. like Nancy. Right. You're right. And like, said, I'm this done is with not, this. I'm married to the guy. I support yeah. him, but yeah. that's that's all I'm going to do. And <laughs> th- you know, that's that's the dynamic in a family. People have to figure out, and and I hope that the Pike family can get through. Yeah. Whatever they need to get through. So. Well, I you know I will tell you if Jason forgets to take the trash out or something, I always threaten him with you know I'm going to run you for office. You know, uh-huh. if you forgot to take the trash out. You that's run it. him for office. You're my candidate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a great candidate. He'd he be would a great be. candidate. I agree. I keep telling him. Yeah. That. Um, so is that so the news? It. Oh, yes, I forgot the line. Try, I am just try again. completely just off. Go ahead. And that's all for the news. Well, I forget the line. You, oh, oh we please need fill in for me here. And, Chris, please come And that's back. the news brought to you by the good folks at Liberty, at Liberty Realty. Realty. Yeah. Yes. Dang it. So, so that's the news. Um, we we kind of have a, a um, 
we'll probably have a more of an abbreviated program here. I don't really have too much more that to report on. There was just so much stuff going on in the past with our veto session and um, everything else. I think in the next couple of weeks we'll have to talk through the election a bit. But what do you have to, to plus we don't have Chris here, yeah, one third of our, right. our time, but what what do you have to He usually report? gives a good report on the city. Yeah. Um, I am this weekend traveling um, actually to Sam Forche's district okay. um, to speak to the uh, Missouri Democratic Women's Federation. And they're having um, they're ha- having a gathering there. And so I'm going to go and um, rally them to be sure to get out and, you know, support our candidates. On Saturday? Uh, that's on Saturday. That's actually at the exact same time as the um, Democratic State Committee meeting. Okay. And so that's taking place this weekend, too, in Jefferson City. But I will be unable to make it um, to that, of course, because I'm going to the other. Um, and then... The only other thing that I have going on other than the Senate races and getting ready for the general election is that I put together a political forum in Clay County um, for the countywide uh, candidates in Excelsior Springs coming up um, mid-October. And so I've been busy reaching out to the candidates and making sure that they get the information and um, making arrangements for that. And it's been good. I'm looking forward to it. So where is that going to be held? At the Excelsior Springs High School Commons area. And I don't want to say the date yet because I've told the candidates that if there's enough conflicts, then I would try to find another date where it would work best mm-hmm. for them. But I've got um, the newspaper sponsoring it and also the um, chamber, and we'll be reaching out to other organizations as well to see if they're interested in sponsoring Do it. Do you know if there's – is there other forums like that in Clay County? Uh, you know, there was one. There was only one other one. Um, I It was by an Economic Development Council – um, but it took place over in Kansas City, and that's mm-hmm. on the western side of um, the county. Now, we're on the eastern side, and so I felt like, you know, since I know how to do something like that, that uh-huh. I would go ahead and that's provide good. that as an opportunity for the community to be able to meet the candidates that will be on their November, November ballot. Am, am I remembering right that there was kind of an east-west thing with the Republican primary? Uh, yes, yeah. It's interesting because um, in the presiding commissioner's race, um, the, the previous commissioner – um, was Pam Mason, and she had worked with um, Luann Ridgeway in <laughs> splitting up the county. So they mm-hmm. basically divided the lines, and this really upset, you know, the counties because then they were forced to work with multiple people, and there was less that was getting done. Okay. And so then she lost the primary to Jerry Nolte, and now um, Jay Swearingen is challenging him in the general. So it's it's important that, that your part of the county is represented, represented yeah. that we have a voice and that you know that they know that we have important projects that we're working on and that we need their help with mm-hmm. and so you know being able to come to excelsior springs and hear from those voices of uh individuals who have been leading you know the way and in, in positive changes for excelsior springs will be a good thing uh regardless of who wins you know i want um to be able to work with our elected officials and um be able to make progress because we need That's it. That's great. That's great. Now, I, I'm, I'm excited uh, about a couple things coming up. Um, I've been asked uh, next week by the Kansas City Chamber um, mm-hmm. to speak with their group about the upcoming um, um, legislative session. I guess they're looking past the the um, your phone there, looking past the the election to as they plan. Um, also, and I'll, maybe I'll talk more about this next week. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a chance to attend the Center. Uh, boy, come on, mm-hmm. the Center for Advanced Leadership. Mm-hmm. 
which is um, going to be held in Arkansas on uh, October 4th through the 7th. Mm-hmm. And so that will be a, a retreat of, of leaders, and I'll go down there. And, cool. Um, looking forward to that. It's yeah. a perfect um, for what I do, not only as a senator, but as a as a trainer and leadership trainer for for my other job. So it's it will be a good experience. And um, have you ever been down to Arkansas? I have just one time. Yeah, I was um, amazed at how much warmer it was than in Missouri <laughs> at the time. It was like fall up here around this time, and then I went down to the university, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was so much warmer. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, just just a little bit further south, and here we have. And a it, it really is beautiful. So I'm looking climate, forward to. It. Yeah. I guess we go to the Rockefeller Institute, which oh. is like up in the Ozark Mountains. So. Awesome. Anyway, I'll, I'll report on that. But the thing that I'm most excited I'm about. Which I'm excited about <laughs> reporting back to you, and hopefully we can. Uh, we'll pl- maybe we'll play part of this next week. Yeah, is that uh, we are recording this on a Thursday? Um, on Friday, September 26th, we'll be dedicating the Lynn Dawson Bridge, and I'll be speaking at that uh, ceremony at Arrowhead Stadium. And I'm really excited by this. The dep- the people of the Missouri Department of Transportation have. Uh, put together this dedication of this bridge. We have the sign ready to go. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will have hosted uh, a place for us to uh, have a little bit a little bit of a ceremony. And um, it's, it's exciting mm-hmm. um, that legislation um, to designate a bridge in my area that I worked on to, um, to recognize someone who's done so much for our community in Lynn Dawson. Um, he was a sports hero, brought the Super Bowl to Kansas City, um, and then um, worked in broadcasting, still does, mm-hmm. and um, really gives back to the community. I think that is a natural um, example of the type of person you need to be in our community. And it's perfect that we name that bridge the Lynn Dawson Bridge. So when you come in um, the sports complex on 435, you'll see that Lynn Dawson Bridge designation. And um, hopefully a reminder of that we should always remember some yeah. Great community people in the past. Those who give back, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, he doesn't live in the 11th Senatorial District. Mm-hmm. Right. And to be real technical, he didn't win his Super Bowl at Arrowhead. They were at the old stadium even before. That's oh. how long it's been the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it's perfect to be right there where the Chiefs are, where, yeah. where sports fans can uh, see, see that all the and time. appreciate it, yeah. I'm excited because I, I get to, uh, like, be the MC and <laughs> we're going to presentation of colors uh the president of the chiefs mark donovan will speak um mitch holtis of the chiefs radio network will be speaking he's a longtime um colleague of of mr dawson so oh, he'll good. speak through yeah. that i think maybe i'll give him a few tips about radio oh. you know how I, yeah because I I, he's on well he's on a thing called terrestrial radio and we're on something a little more modern oh, of mm-hmm. a podcast mm-hmm. so maybe i'll give him some hints there um <laughs> And Stephen Miller, who is the chair of the Missouri Highway and Transportation Committee, MoDOT, mm-hmm. he'll be speaking there. He's from Kansas City, which is great. great. And then, of course, Mr. Dawson will speak. Yeah. Lynn Dawson will speak. Yeah. I I'm have, looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm loaded for bear. I, I, I have a football to sign. I have a <laughs> throwback jersey with the number 16 for him to sign. So um, exciting to see some good legislation passed um, and uh Happy the Chiefs are hosting and Moda has done such a good thing. And then I get to go in and say some great words about Lynn Dawson. So that that will be a lot of fun. I, I look forward to uh, sharing with all of you how that went. And, uh, um, you know, I, 
I, we were talking about veto session uh, last week and how in the week before brutal it was. You know how with the cutting off debate in the Senate and we worry about cooperation and the uh, fights, partisan fights and the fights between branches of government. Um, stuff like this is fun to do. So <laughs> I try to take advantage of this as well. You yeah. know, I don't want to – I love this job and I don't want anyone to think that um, – I'm um, complaining about a lot because I do get to do some pretty cool stuff like this. Yeah. So I'm excited by that. And you're able to come. I'm coming. Yes. That's great. I'm looking forward that. to it. Good. Um, the councilman's un- unable to come. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. I hope I don't have to read the news. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to. You oh, may have no. to. I brought the f- I'll bring the photographer. How about that? That's good. <laughs> I, I'd appreciate that. So a- anything else we need to add here? No, I think it's been a great show. Okay. And hello, Sam. <laughs> I don't think he likes that too No, much. he doesn't no. like a shout out. Because we have a lot of people that listen, and, and as we grow this, um, let us know. You can always contact us on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever it may be. So what else What else did you have, Dad? It's, it's a good show. I don't know.